good morning and welcome to our very second week of, or third week of Bring It. We're glad, or second week, this is the second week too. We're glad you guys are here today. And uh, we're in a series called Bring It. And here's what we know about you guys. You guys, you're the kind of people you want to, you want to bring it in your marriage. You want to bring it in your workplace. You want to bring it in your finances. You want to bring it, come on somebody. Like you want to bring it, if you're raising kids, you want to bring it. If you're an athlete in here today, you want to bring it. You, when you come to church here, you want to, you want to bring it in every area of your life, you want to bring it. And so we are glad you're here today. You're at the right place because this is a bring it kind of church. I was talking to a guy the other day and uh, he said, um, you know, I, I, I posted a picture of, his, of a bookshelf that he made in, in his kid's closet. I said, yo, that's awesome. I mean, that looks really, I, I, I like that. Like, yo, like, like, love, love, that's awesome, looks awesome. He goes, yeah, my wife told me to bring it. My wife told me to bring it. Like, hey, in every area of our life, man, we want to we bring it. If you're, if, you're, if, you have a, if you're raising kids in your today, you want to bring it with your children. But we looked at Bring It last week. If you didn't, weren't here last week, I'll catch you up on it in just a moment. Um, but we have some Bring It challenges this month, this month, every single week. And so last week, we our Bring It challenge was underwear and socks and new underwear and socks. And that's not for Pastor West's family because they're a big family. That's for Matthew's Hope, which is an organization that serves homeless people here in our city. And so last week, you guys brought in 250, over 250 pairs of clean underwear, new underwear, and over 350 pairs of socks. Give yourselves a round of applause. That's awesome. You, they're, they're, people are like they're not we're not clapping, baby, because we didn't bring anything last week. They're like I'm not clapping for those people who brought that. But hey, but this week you guys brought some peanut butter and jelly, and so it looks like someone robbed Aldi out there. And uh, man, it looked like man, you guys brought a lot of peanut butter and jelly. I know that I was like, man, this is a lot of peanut butter and jelly. He goes, oh, that's not half of it. The other half's back here. So they walked me around the corner like, hey, this is where this is the secret stash of peanut butter and jelly, and that's going to some schools in our area. Um, who serve kids that don't have, um, that, are, that, are, that are low income, that are maybe that can't afford to have um, meals on the weekends. And they don't have the, the breakfast, the lunch that they get at school. So we send them with peanut butter and jelly. And it looks like it's well over 100 plus of those. And that's probably a really, really low number. But I want to thank you guys. This week we are bringing, um, this week three coming up, we're bringing in children's multivitamins. Only children's multivitamins, okay. So just, just bring children's multivitamins. And we're going to ship those, uh, we're going to take them with us, we're going to bring it with us to uh, Nairobi, Kenya. This summer we are, we're going on a mission trip to Nairobi, Kenya. And if you want to go on that trip, it's not too late. And uh, we're also going to Costa Rica in September. And both those trips are available. We haven't talked a lot about them because we already had the interest meetings. We want to let you know, if you want to go on any of those missions trips, see um, Diana that was up here leading today. I see her today or see anyone at the info bar and they will connect you to the right place. There's a few, there's some spots left and we want to make sure you get on those trips. Um, because once we get on the airplane, it's too late to get you there, right? So we don't want you to miss it. So those multivitamins are going to Nairobi, Kenya um, on our trip. Those are going to suitcases that were taken over there. And then the week after that, we're bringing our friends. We're bringing our friends. So you have these Hope Invite cards. They're in seats nearby you. But the 22nd, we want you guys to bring a friend to church. We know this. Your friends will come to church if you invite them. Barnett does a research. He said 80% of people will come to church if they're invited. But the flip of that is true. Only 20% of people are inviting their friends to come to church. This, this morning, uh, we had a, a mom that's been coming to our church for a handful of months. She invited her son today. And her son came today. He's been coming for a few months. And that son brought his whole 16 and under basketball team there, bring, brought basketball team to church this morning. 10, uh, 10 or 12, um, 11 and tw 11th and 12th graders, kids, 16 and under. And it's weird because they're making the kids bigger and bigger nowadays. They don't make the kids like, like they don't make like medium and small anymore. That's like all extra large. Like these, like, like if you can, nowadays, like the whole, the whole team can dunk. You know, I think it was one kid, maybe one kid that was my height, but the rest of them were 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. They were just all tall kids. And um, Isaac, um, I'm messing this name up. One of the magic players, this is, this is one of his teams, and 
um, his trainer brought these players. And it's, anyways, it's a really, really cool thing that I said to the, the coach that goes to our church. I said, man, this is so cool that you're bringing these kids to, you want to bring these kids to church. Like, and they said, oh, we're not trying to make just athletes. While we want them to be good on the basketball court and we want to win, we want, them to be, we want them to be able to survive off the court. Because there's so much that happens. Moms and dads in here today just want to give you a little free parenting advice. Sports is going to end one day. It's inevitable. It's inevitable sports are going to end one day. And then what's your son or daughter going to be after that? And so I just want to encourage you. Why you send them to basketball camp, you send them to basketball camp, make sure you send them to church camp. You know, or you want to take your, your kids, you're going to buy your kid the, the $1,000 uh, baseball bat, that's fine. But make sure you get them to church and make sure you get them around the right people and get them up growing. Some of you guys are like, yo, there's a bat for $1,000. I'm glad my kid ain't playing baseball. Come on, somebody. I remember when I, when I told my dad, I was like, dad, I need this baseball bat, dad. Like, you got to get me this baseball bat. I need this baseball bat. He's like, well, how much is it? He's like, uh, I said, it's $300. He's like, you need a job. That's what he said to me. He's like, you need a, you need a job, you know, and so Every day I had to go to work with my dad and I wanted to buy this baseball bat. I was super excited to have this baseball bat. It was so expensive. And uh, when you got six kids, one kid with one baseball bat for one season, that's a lot of money. It just, it's not good economics, you know. And so remember my dad got me that baseball bat and my dad's like, all right, son, it's about time you, you, got, you got to swing it now, you know. And, and it took me until about 10th and 11th grade to, to not be afraid of the baseball. But once I figured that part out, I was ready to go. I was, hit, I was dropping bombs, you know. And so we, you and I, we're the kind of people that we want to bring it. We want to bring it. So we want to make sure you, when you show up here today, you ought to, you, there's some things you ought, to, you, ought to bring, you ought to bring service and you ought to bring worship. And there's some things that you ought to bring. But when you leave this place, you ought to, you ought to bring, bring it wherever you're at there as well. And so last week we looked at a couple of passages of Scripture that are super important to the context of what we're talking about today. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, the Bible says this. Jesus said this. It is more blessed to bring it than it is to receive it. It's better to, it's better to give than it is to receive. It is better, it's more blessed to bring it than receive it. I like, I like receiving gifts. How many of you here today, you like receiving gifts? I love receiving gifts. But you know what's more fun? It's more fun to give somebody. It's more fun to give somebody a gift. You just, you feel better about bringing them a gift than you do about receiving the gift. This is one of my favorite things to do. People come to me and say, hey, Pastor Wes. I say, yo, what's up? You know, and depending on what ethnic group they're from, I give them a little dap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, bah, 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 you know, I give them some love. They say, what's up? I said, man, Pastor Wes, I love those shoes. I said, awesome, man. Thanks so much. I said, what's, I, I love doing this. I go, what size shoe do you wear? And they'll say, whatever, 10 hours. I said, cool. And I go and get them that pair of shoes. That's so much, I like people giving me gifts, but it's, it's so much nicer to bring a gift than is received. I got so mad at Diana a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, we were in, we were in uh, Texas, um, and Pastor Ed said, our overseer said to me, he said, um, he said, hey, I was thinking about, uh, I walked away, went to the bathroom. Him and Diana had a conversation. I heard him, when I left, they were talking about tennis shoes. And I was like, let's go, we're getting shoes tomorrow, you know, like best love offering ever. So um, he says, hey, we're going to, I was going to take you guys to get shoes tomorrow. In our off time. I said, awesome. He said, but Diane told me you just got a new pair of shoes. <laughs> I said, what did she say? We got back to the hotel. I was like, you don't ever do that. You do not tell anybody. Just, if, new shoes, yes. Like, I, that's not a question. Like, that's not, you know, I don't have to pray about whether I need new shoes. Like, I always, like, yo, I, yo, you don't do that. She's like, you're selfish, you know. I'm like, you're right, you know. And, I want to I rob them of bringing it. You know what I'm saying? I want to rob them of that blessing. But it's, it's better. I love, I love to bring people, I love to bring people gifts. I love, I love to bring it. We, it's better to, because the Bible says it's actually better to give than it, is to, than it is to receive. We also looked at in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. The Bible says that you're his masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. You're, you're a masterpiece. I know you didn't know that. Like not just the person next to you. You're all my masterpiece. You know, I'm 100. You know, like you're a masterpiece. You were created in Christ Jesus. You, you are a masterpiece. You probably like, there's probably some things about you that you don't like or that you, you might would want to change. But the Bible says that you're God's masterpiece. You were made it. And here's what he says. Here's what he does. He goes, 
I, I have, I, I want you to bring it. Like, I want you to, I want you to do the good works that I prepared for you. I, I made you so that you could bring it. God made you so that you could, so you could bring it. So last week we learned this, that you guys all have a gift, and that gift is meant to be shared. You guys all have a gift, and that meant, that gift is meant to be shared. How, you know, how, how bad would it be if my dad's, if I told my dad, hey, dad, I want this baseball bat. He goes, cool, how much is it? $300, cool. And he pulled out his wallet, and he, and he pulled out $300, and said, cool, yeah, you're not getting that bat. And just put it back in his pocket. The other day I was playing basketball with my son. He's nine. So I beat him 3-0. Because that's kind of dad I am. Not 3-0, I'm sorry. I beat him 11-0. We played the three. He's like, let's play more. I was tired. I was like, all right, play 11. I beat him 11-0. I don't feel bad about that. That's good parenting. I want to make him better. He's like, dad, take it easy on me. So the next game I did, 11-1. to one. I was like, I got it. He's like, dad, even easier. 11-4. to I want to I make sure he knows, like, life ain't easy. You got you to gotta grind. Some of you guys are like, you're a terrible parent. My kid, he's going to learn to keep on going. You know, he, and then he said to me, dad, hey, dad, all right, cool. You're, you beat me, dad. Cool. He's like, let's run some drills. I want to get better. Like, let's run some drills. How bad of a dad would I be? Hey, no, no, dad, you're good. Run your own drills. <laughs> Pass it to yourself. <laughs> that, I would be a terrible dad. I, I, I've been given a gift, a talent, an ability. I want to make sure that I, that I give that back to my kids. How bad would it be if I, I, God's given me the gift of teaching? I know you're like, man, you got to keep on working on the gift. And some of you guys have the gift of teaching or the gift of encouragement. Like, how bad would it be if I had this gift and I said, you know, I don't want to give my gift. I, I'll just keep it to myself. I don't, I don't want to use the gift that I've been given. Or maybe my time or my talent or my resources. What if I, what if I had a gift and I, don't, and I didn't bring that back to God? That would be silly, wouldn't it? Well, God says I've given each of you a gift and you got to bring it. You gotta, I'm bringing my gift every week here. I'm bringing up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, I want to bring my gift every single day. My question for you is, are you bringing your gift? I want to motivate you to bringing your gift. Everywhere you go, you ought to, you ought to bring it. Whether it's at your home, you ought to bring it. At your house, you ought to bring it. At this place, you ought to, you ought to bring it. Everywhere you go, you should be, you should be bringing it. That's, God said it's actually better to bring it than it is to receive. It's better to, to take the gift that you have and not keep it for yourself, but to take that gift and to share it with other people. The Bible calls this thing called the church. and it's, it's, We've all been given gifts, and we all got to play our part. This thing works better if we all play our part. Could you imagine today if last night there was no setup team, how weird it would be in here today with nothing, none of this stuff. How weird it would be without a guy pushing the words. You don't know the words of those songs. Everyone's got to bring their gifts. You have a gift. So here's what we learned last week. If you bring your gift, God will multiply it. If you bring your gift, God will multiply it. The last thing you guys brought last week was a little, one, pair, one pack of socks. Well, one pack of socks through multiplication with God can multiply and it can turn into hundreds. So I'll just bring in one pair of underwear and that turn into hundreds of pairs. Bring in some peanut butter and jelly and that turn into hundreds of jars of peanut butter and jelly. God can multiply. But here's the thing. If you bring the thing that God wants you to really bring, then God can bless that. I love the story last week. 5,000, there was a young, young little boy. He gave his meal and God took those five loaves of bread, two, five loaves of bread, two fish and fed 5,000 people. But the beauty of that, but the remainder of that there was 12 baskets left over. Come on, somebody. Like, I, want, I believe in a God. A God say, I, I got more for you. I got more for you. I got more for you. One of our core values of Hope Church is we believe in abundance, not just enough. And so if you will bring the thing that God wants you to bring, he will multiply it. And God will, not only will he multiply it, but he will, he will bless it. I want to say this to you today. I was still in the front row and, I, and um, I was thinking, I was like, man, I'm so thankful for this church. I'm thankful for all of you guys that call Hope Church your, your, your home and this is your church. And I'm thankful for some of you guys, you guys bring it, you're here on Saturdays, you're here on Sunday mornings, you're leading a group and you're serving and you're giving, you're hosting groups and you're doing all the things, you're serving in nurseries. And I'm just thankful that we have a church where people are bringing it. And um, here's what I also know about that too, like, oh cool, that was nice, that was really encouraging. Some of you guys, you're not bringing it here. We, there's, there's more room for you. Like, get, we got a jersey for you. Like, get, get on the team with us. And here's the deal, like, 
we're not going to, you're not, you're not going to die. You won't, if you serve here one Sunday a month, you're not going to die. <laughs> if you serve here one Saturday, I mean, last week we, we, we roped Jose into helping us with, with the gym night. Like, he almost died, but like, y'all won't die. Like, a bunch of kids that don't know how to listen, like, that's 40 kids not listening to you. Like, that's, that's really encouraging. I can't wait to come back next week, you know. Like, if you, if you serve here once a month, once a month I was talking to a guy that he goes, I, I don't want to serve. I said, why not? He goes, well, I served in my last church. I said, really? I said, what do you, he goes, every morning, he goes, I helped a church for two years, like this one, a church plant, for two years. He was at the largest, one of the largest churches in the country. He said, I serve every single Sunday morning, 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. every single Sunday morning for two years. I said, I wouldn't want to serve either. You know what I'm saying? Come on. That's not, I said, that's not our church. I said, dude, he goes, this church is so much smaller. There's no way. I said, yeah, we, we, have, we have multiple light guys and multiple sound guys. And we've got Amy Garman filling in today. Like, we have people, you, you guys bring it. But some of you guys are on the team. We could use you. We could use you. Hey, you know what's even better? God can use you. And, and here's what I learned more and more. Like, the things that we ask you guys to do here, I'm, I'm, we ask you to do those things because we want you to help us. No. We want you to be like Jesus. Did you know that Jesus served and Jesus gave and Jesus loved people? Did you know that Jesus was in a community group? Everything we ask you guys to do, we're just asking you more and more to be like, to, to be what Jesus was like. He actually tells us in, this, in, in, the, in the book, he goes, hey, I'm leaving. And you're going to go out and do greater things that you even saw me, that you even saw me do. You know what's so cool about our church? You, we see Jesus, Jesus in this story. He, feed fi he feeds 5,000 men. And that, that's pretty awesome. Like, that's pretty cool. And some say maybe 15,000, 20,000 men, women and children that day. This, uh, this month on the 28th, right here in our gymnasium, or right here down here in Studio One, we're going to package 20,000 meals. Now, I don't know if that's exactly what Jesus was talking about, the greater things. But one day, we're going to package 20,000 meals that are going to stay in Central Florida for people who don't have food. I don't know if Jesus built any beds, but we built 40 beds this year. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we can, if we bring it, God can do some incredible things. There's a, there's a spot for you at our table. Our table's not shrinking. Our table's getting larger. And there's a spot for you. So if you bring it, God will multiply it. And if you bring it, God will bless it. I want to read a passage of scripture to you today that's super, super important to me. And I'm really excited about it. I, I found this out. When I'm really excited, I wear running shoes. That's the kind of thing. If I'm not excited, you can tell by the, you can tell by the kind of message it's going to be by the, by, by the kind of shoes that I'm wearing. If I'm wearing my dress shoes that Derek gave me, I'm low-key chill. Now we're going to preach the Bible today. But if I'm wearing tennis shoes, I'm ready to go. And we're going to lift some weight today in church. We're going to praise the name of Jesus today. So I got a word for you today that's burning in my heart. I can't wait to get off and get it out to you guys. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says is you guys will be my witnesses in all the earth. You guys. Me, all of us, in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and all the uttermost parts of the earth. We're going to go into all the world. We're going to spread the gospel in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And because those people did that, we have Hope Church today in 2000 right here in 20. We have it. We started five year, almost five years ago. We have this church because those people were God's witnesses into the uttermost parts of the earth. So God had this vision for us to go out and do this. Love all people, all times, all places. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Cool. We do all that because of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Now there's a deal going on a little bit further on. The very next chapter, in chapter 2, the church starts. And he enlists all of us to be part of the mission. So he had this big mission, but you know anything about this. If you don't, you can have a mission, but if you don't have a team to do the mission, then it's pointless. You can say, hey, we got a basketball team. That basketball team there together that was here today, like, they can say, hey, we got a basketball team. But if they don't have a basketball, they can't go out and play. They don't have the tools to go out. They don't have the shoes and the shorts. Like, if they don't go out on the court and they don't play, then there really is no important, there's no big deal about having a team. You got to have a team of people. That's why we're inviting you to be a part of the dream team. My, my dad posts every single Sunday morning 
he's on the unofficial social media team. My dad, <coughs> he has his own, he has his own social media team. He's like, uh, people are like, yo, I like your post. I'm like, you didn't, you didn't post it. Your dad did. I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> like my parents, they love their son. Like I'll just go everywhere I go with the camera. You know, I'm like, dude, I'm 37. Put your camera down. I mean, my dad's proud of me. You know, well, that's that's it. That's how we all should be. We should be proud of our kids for forever. Kids, give us something to be proud about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. That's just extra, bro. <laughs> Don't be embarrassing us on that court. When I used to disrespect the when I disrespect the refs, at, on, when I disrespected the refs when I played basketball, my dad would make me ride home with them. Win or lose, if I disrespect the ref, I had to ride home. That was miserable. We didn't live far, but like we lived ten minutes away, but it could take us forty five minutes getting home. My dad would chew me out so bad in the name of Jesus, obviously. <clears throat> but if I we we could win or lose, if long as I honor the refs, then. As long as I didn't embarrass him, then I, I, was, I was good to go. So Jesus says here in the story, you need a team of people. So in Acts chapter 1, so here's the, you have the, we have this big mission. We have this really, really big team, but we need a power source. Like we need something that's going to really make the team go. Like every team has that like secret, like what's the secret sauce? I was with a Bible study this week, and, and I was having Derek share this story with, with um, our, our men's Bible study about, about this guy saying, hey, what's the secret sauce to the company? Like, hey, what's, what's this church's like, what's like the secret sauce? Is it, is it the mission? Is it the vision? And there's a, there's a bigger secret sauce, but it's no secret to any of you guys in here today. Maybe it is a secret for some of you guys. And I want to I wanna peel back this book today and show you the thing that like really makes us like, really takes us off. It really makes us keep on going. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, on the day of Pentecost. If you're Pentecostal in here today, you don't have to be. Because there was only one Pentecost and it was one day and it was right here. <laughs> And there was, only one, there was only one Baptist, and his name was John. He died last week in our story. before, Right before Jesus fed the 5,000, John the Baptist was beheaded. His head was delivered on a, on, a, on a platter. In this story, there's one day. It's called the day of Pentecost, okay. There's no, when we get to heaven, there's no denominations. It's just followers of Jesus. So these followers of Jesus are right here, and they're in a church like this today. And they're sitting there minding their own business, and they're praying, and they're reading the Bible, and, and they're talking about God, and all the things that he's doing in their lives, he's, they're sharing stories, and they're talking about making a difference, and knowing their purpose, and f finding freedom, and all the things that are going on in church. And suddenly there was this loud sound, and the Bible says like a mighty rushing wind, what theologians say it was more like a tornado dropped into place. Like, crash, crash, boom, loud noise, really, whatever your imagination of loud noise is, loud noise. I mean, tornado. Like, anybody ever survived a tornado or lived in a tornado? Any Midwesterners? Okay, cool. A few of you guys, the rest of us have no idea what that's like, but we know what a hurricane's like. Let's go. No power. You ever tried that before? <laughs> we got you guys beat, you know, and category five over our house, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we get hurricanes. So basically a hurricane, tornado shows up, loud, loud noise. I walked out the street and my, my neighbor's here today and I heard him starting up his lawnmower. And I'm like, yeah, he needs to come up. I want to be like, hey. Get my yard too. You know, that's, that's what I thought, Art. That's what, that's, what, that's what popped to my mind. Like, hey, come get mine too, you know. Anyway, so this big loud noise. Whatever your imagination of big loud noise is, that's what's going on here in this passage of Scripture. And the Bible says, it was like a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. It wasn't outside the big boom. The big boom was in the gymnasium at the Hope Church. Like, it was a loud crash and a boom. And you're like, where did it come from? Verse 3 says this. It looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared. And settled on each, I mean, these guys looked like they were on fire. I mean, could, I mean, I, I, wouldn't that be weird today? We're here today, we hear this boof, big loud noise, and it looks like, you know, Brooke's on fire, you know, this guy's on fire, this girl's on fire, everyone's on fire. This girl is on fire, like everyone's on fire, like that would be weird today. Well, that's what's going on in this story. I mean, it would, some of you guys would take off running, be like, oh, screw this. We had a couple come this morning to the first service. 
and uh, a family, and they, they, they brought, it was two ladies last week, and it was two more guys this week. I said, they sent you guys in first to make sure there was no snakes, didn't they? They wanted to make sure, like, it, was, it, was, it wasn't like a weird church. Like, they're like, honestly, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm like, cool, well, it wasn't weird. We're glad you guys are here. Welcome to the family, you know. And, you know, they were like, you know, elbow, you know, like, what's wrong with them? So, big loud noise, big boom happens. People are on fire. It look, looks like people are on fire. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, began, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, this is, this is incredible. Verse 5 says, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and you would too. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So this house is full of people, and they're speaking in different languages. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It looks like they're on fire. And here's the deal. It, you, I can illustrate that for you today. Um, Abel here today on keys, he's from, he would walk in the room, and he's from DR, and he's hearing it in, in, in his own language. He's like, wow, this is incredible. Like, this is really cool. The guy next to him, the, the drummer here, we got a multicultural church. I love that. Our drummer's from Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. He's from Puerto Rico, and he hears it in his own language. I mean, this is incredible. And he's like, dude, I cannot believe I hear my language. And the guy over here, Shakat Odon, from Nairobi, Kenya, he hears it in his own language. And then the white guy, he heard it in his language too. Like everyone heard it. Everyone heard it in their own language. Like their, their minds were blown. Big loud boom. They come running and everyone's hearing the gospel and the good news in their own language. There's a word for you and I. We ought to be taking our language wherever we're at and sharing the good news. That's what they're doing. And they people were, they were, their minds were blown. They're like, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this loud noise. And the Bible says this, they were amazed, completely amazed. Not just amazed, but they were completely amazed. How can this be, they explain. Those people are all from Galilee, yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Check out the squad that's there. The Parthians were there, the Medes were there, the Elamites were there. People from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, which that would be a cool place if I was from there. I, I would call it Kappa Kappa. But Pontus, and province of Asia, and Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and the Egyptians were there, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, they were there. And even some visitors from Rome were like, everybody was there, both Jews and converts to Judaism. And, and the Cretans were there, and the Arabs were there. And these, all these people were there, and they were speaking in their own languages and the wonderful things that God has done. And they were just talking about God. Can I ask you a question? What are you talking about when you get with your squad? We had a group of about 20 young adults in our house the other day, and I, I thought, man, this is so cool that these guys aren't out at the bar do whatever it is that people do out in the bar. But we're here laughing and crying and having a blast in our house. Like, this is so cool. Like, no alcohol involved. Like, this is, like, this is not, this is so opposite of culture today in our house. Like, this is so cool. And so, he, they, they're like, man. Th then they're like, man, look, I cannot believe what's going on. And then there were some haters there because there's always haters there. And they, they ridiculed them. And they're like, yo, they're all drunk. They're all just speaking in gibberish because lost people don't know what believers are saying. And lost people don't know the way. You and I, we have the way. So we have to tell them the way. And until you and I tell them the way, they're out looking for some sort of kind of way. I, got a, I, we, I was at a group this past week. Perfect example. And this young lady there, one of our ladies in the group said, hey, do you go to Hope Church? She goes, no, I'm Buddhist. And that's a pretty cool way to introduce yourself. No, I'm Buddhist. And um, she came to me after. She's like, I don't know if I belong here. I said, no, this is, you actually belong here. I said, what does that even mean, being Buddhist? She goes, well, I, I believe in like, all the energy and all the power and all the things. I said, that's awesome. I said, we have more in common than you think. And she was like, really? I said, I know where the energy and that power comes from. <laughs> and she's like, oh, wow. And I think I grew up in these churches uh, where I grew up in this church. And I was like, it was, it was a list of things that you had to be and disagree. And I'm like, dude, we got more in common with people than we think we do. And I'm like, man, that's, that's incredible. I said, I know a God who can bring that energy and that power. You're talking about? I said, I know that guy. And then she's like, well, I'm really, I'm Catholic too. And I'm like, I'm confused. 
And then she, I was like, I got nothing for that. But then it got better. She's like, but I want my daughter to be a Christian. I'm like, you know what, forget it. I'm like, go to another group, you know. <laughs> like, <clears throat> keep coming back. Like, we, we've got answers. We know the one who has answers. I'm like, keep on coming. Lost people don't know the way, so they'll try every way until they find the way. But we know the way, and we have to show them the way. Does that make sense? Just nod your head if you agree with me just even a little bit. So he says, we got to show them the way. All these platforms we have, social and all these different things and blogs, all these things. Man, there should be a theme in your, in your post about Jesus and the way. Maybe sports. It may be whatever it is, but that all those things, all those abilities that you have, they it should all funnel back to Jesus somehow. Like, there's a way. I told a girl, I said, man, you, I said, I'm so, you got to come to our church. You'd love our church. Because there's all kinds of people there. You, you'd love it. And they're looking for the way. And we know the way. His name is Jesus. So in the story, we keep on going. It says here in verse uh, 13, he says here, um, they, they are all drunk. Verse 14, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles. They shout to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake, these guys aren't drunk. You want to know how we know they're not drunk? It's 9 a.m. Ain't nobody drunk at 9 a.m. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, it is way too early to be inebriated. And he says here, they're not. He goes, no, this is, what just happened is what Joel predicted 100 years prior to. Now here's the thing, if you don't believe the Bible, <clears throat> I, I can understand why some people don't believe the Bible, but we have these guys, these prophets, that are way back here in hundreds of years prior to, are telling us this is what's going to happen in the future. That's the Bible that we serve. We're not getting secondhand information only, but we're getting, and it's just being backed up upon, backed up upon, backed up. I mean, these guys are backing up what we believe. There's so many Old Testament scriptures that are backing up what we believe. And so he goes, man, hundreds of years ago, Joel wrote this. Here's what Joel wrote. Joel said this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all the people. That day, the spirit was poured out on the people. That's what happened. That's all that happened. Spirit was poured out on the people. And your sons and your daughters, they're going to prophesy. Your young men, they're going to see visions. And your old men, they're going to dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and men and women alike. And they will prophesy. They're going to share the good news. They're going to they're gonna speak scripture into people's life. And I will cause wonders in, in, the, in the heavens above and the signs of, on the earth below and and blood and fire, and you're, you're going to see blood and fire and clouds of smoke and the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now here's what I want you to get something really, really important about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit shows up, a lot can happen when the Holy Spirit shows up. But here's what I want you to know. A lot can't happen if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up. And so here's what I need you to know. You need the Holy Spirit to bring it. You can't bring it without Him. I'm, I'm convinced of this day. The Lord dropped this in my spirit. I, I told our team this just yesterday morning at breakfast. I don't want to have church unless the Holy Spirit shows up. I can't do, I, there's, there is nothing, there is nothing that you can do well without the Holy Spirit. You can't do marriage without the Holy Spirit. You can't do parenting without the Holy Spirit. I can prove all that to you. Like, you can't do nothing well. You can't, you can't be good. You can't be at work. You can't be great at work without the Holy Spirit. You can do nothing well without the Holy Spirit. Can I prove it to you? You know, we, we believe the Holy Spirit. We say this all the time. The Holy Spirit, you, you need Him. You, you, you can bring it here. You can bring it here. And so you come to church and you're like, man, Pastor West said I need to, this weight's here today. They're, you're like, Pastor West said I need, to, I need to bring it. But you're like, dude, I got too much baggage to bring it. I got way too much I got, I got hurts, I got habits, I got hang-ups, like, I, I, I don't, my finances isn't working, like, nothing I got is really working. You want me to bring it, but I got too many problems. And here's the deal, if you got problems in your day, you're in a great place, because I don't know, I've never met anyone in this church who doesn't have a problem. Some are worse than others, but we all got them. 
we all got them. I was talking to, some, to a group at my house the other day, and they're like, oh, I go to this counseling thing, and I go to this counseling, I see this therapist, and I see this therapist. And there was a day and age in church where if you saw a therapist, there was something wrong with you. Well, hey, here's a heads up. We, there's something wrong with all of us. It might do some of us good. It did me good. Um, we have all these things that we got, we got to... We come here with all this baggage, like, man, Pastor Watts wants me to know God and, and find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And if you're honest, like, dude, it's impossible. My dad used to say, I get beat up Monday through Friday at work. Why would I want to go to church on Sunday and get beat up there too? We have all these things. And then I'm like, and then after that, you get here with all the things that you got to fight to get through here. And then I'm like, you, the, the guy gets up there in skinny jeans, and he's like, you got to give here. There's a mission, and if we give to the mission, then God can do incredible things. You're like, man, I got, now I got to give. Now I got to, like, I got to come here with all my baggage, and now you want me to do some things? And I'm like, and you got to, I got to serve here too? You want me to serve here, Wes, too? I got to serve here? Now you can come if you want. Just give you an opportunity to be like Jesus. I got to serve, and, and then you're like, man, that's, I got to do that. And, then, and now you want me to read the Bible too? Seems impossible. This whole Jesus following Jesus thing. And here's the deal. We have all these baggages that we're supposed to do. You're like, we're like weight's supposed to be lifted, but we're just like, look at this, man. Look at this. Look at I got all these issues. And we just we find ourselves in this rat race of just talking about all of our problems and all of our issues. And then we come to church and we really want to. We we want to give. And we want to serve. I'm so out of shape. You're like we want to do all these things. Like we we really want to. But we can't lift all this weight. I don't know how many weight this. This is one, two, three, four, five, six times forty-five. Whatever that number is, we can't lift it all. We can't lift it all. Man, I'm so out of shape. We can't lift it all. You need the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit. You can't do all this without the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys are like, yeah, he's right. I mean, I really like that. And so you got to pick up the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit to lift the weight that God's called you and I to live. Christians in here today, if you're following Jesus, you already have one of these. You have the Holy Spirit. you got all the baggage, all the issues. But you're not accessing the power. You can lift all this in here today. I can show all of you guys in here how to lift all this in here today. But you're not going to be able to lift up the Holy Spirit. And then I mean some of you guys, you got the Holy Spirit and you're walking around with the Holy Spirit, but you're doing nothing with it. I got the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be still if you walked into work tomorrow? Bad attitude, grumpy like the rest of the world walks in Monday morning. Actually, it just, but you walk around the 45-pound mark. Yeah, I got the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That would be so silly. That would be ridiculous. And I want to encourage you. I want to show you guys today how to, how to lift with the Holy Spirit. Because you, you can lift more than you think you can with the Holy Spirit. That would be hard for some of you guys in here today. This right here is 45 pounds and 45 pounds plus the bar. That's 135 pounds. Got to be honest with you today. I've preached here for a lot of Sundays. And there hasn't been, in five years, there has not been one Sunday where I left my belt. But today... I left my belt, and I, I'm, I'm bummed by it. Like, I, you don't know how it's done on because I just told you, but it's been bothering me for two hours now. But we have these lives where, we, man, we want God to do something incredible in our life. And I hope this isn't bothering some of you guys in here today. But if it's bothering you today, maybe it's the Holy Spirit talking to you. It's an awesome thing. When I'm doing the right thing, it's because the Holy Spirit told me to do it. When I'm not doing the wrong, when I'm, when I'm not doing the wrong thing, it's because the Holy Spirit is telling me not to do that too. When I'm doing good, it's the Holy Spirit. When I'm not doing good... It's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, come on. And so this is, you can lift this. This is 135. You need the Holy Spirit 
to lift it though. You can't, if not, it's, it's hard, it's wonky, but you can walk up to it and you can lift it. Now there's a proper technique to lifting, okay? Can't tell you about, I can't tell you from personal experience, it's been a while. But I know this, you have to have your bottom down, you have to have your head up, you have to have a flat back, and your arms with deadlifting, they're just strapped, they just hang there. And you just walk up to it, and you start at your shin, you just look forward, and you just lift up. And it's not that hard. 135, it really, you can walk around with 135, you can't walk around far. Or maybe you could 